Welcome Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. I am Lindsay Dean Ratchford, your director of Team World Vision Endurance. This week, I had the incredible honor to sit and listen and seek understanding when we talk about what it could look like to go beyond the walls of racism in America. As you move your feet today, you will be entering into a rich conversation with two men I deeply admire and learn from every day, Richard Richrell Relaford and Tim Hookstra. Richrell is the Senior Partnerships Manager at World Vision and the founder of Mission One Race, a group of people believing that we are uniquely the same and on a mission to bring oneness to the human race through love, forgiveness, reconciliation, and healing. Tim is a World Vision staff member and the pastor and founder of Suburban Life Community Church in the west suburbs of Chicago. He and the church have devoted themselves to racial justice and inequality challenges in the Austin neighborhood on the west side of Chicago and are in their 22nd year of a relationship with an African-American church in that community. He also serves as a Chicago urban leadership coach in his denomination. May the Lord open our eyes, our ears, and our minds and season us to the conversation that he wants to have with us in this time, in this place. Lord, have your way. You know, when we first met, Richelle, you told me how much diversity was important, but it's not about diversity, it's about unity. That was so striking to me. Um, and you, you made some really strong comments about tolerance. Yep. It's been rooted so deeply in my soul. It's really shifted my posturing, you know, and I think that there are a lot of people that are well-intended out there in the world, but our posturing matters and, and identifying goals really matters. And people might see a small shifts. I think our, our monumental waves that, that you put out into the world that are just so powerful. I don't know if, if you could, if you want to speak to that at all. Yeah. Thank Thank you. All right, man, we've, we've, what have we been through? I'll say this specific to that one line. Here's where well-intended conversations can go wrong for years. I said my first part of my life in corporate America, diversity training. Now, they're all different and they're not even bad. But when we spend 90% to 100% of our time taking every nuanced song, food, hair texture, pigmentation, and amplify it to where it almost overshadows someone's character, their spiritual identity, the value as a human, we actually do some damage. So diversity training and emphasis without landing the plane in oneness is dangerous. And we're reaping some of the, benefit, the, the fruits of that. There's times I go into diversity training, I have one diversity training and said, man, we are a lot different than I thought. Almost intrinsically different. So we're gonna hit that a little bit too. There's, there, there's differences of opinion, experience, perspective, those are important, that's growth. But if we're not mindful, end up singing a song or putting a propaganda out there that we're intrinsically different. I don't know if we're people of faith, we have to read the Bible again. That's why the difference between uniqueness and difference, it sounds small and it's huge. Difference means not the same 
in nature, look it up in a dictionary. I'm not making this up. Not the same in likeness. Bible says we're made in the same image and likeness and there's one human nature. And then quality. That's a dictionary definition. So I, you might say, okay, you're nitpicking with words. Intrinsic difference has to be guarded. That belongs to God. Celebrating uniqueness, absolutely healthy, because that belongs to God as well. So that leads to the conversation of also why colorblind did us damage. I'm not mad at people. Colorblind hurt us. I don't see color. Well, you're kind of undermining God. Because if he didn't want us to see color, he wouldn't put color out there. Last time I looked, it's a rainbow. So if he likes it, we should like it. And we should find out what's off in us to where it threatens us. So it's almost the emotions and the implicit bias and discrimination, the prejudice that are a byproduct that's been taught by us as an issue, not the color. And again, not mad at anyone where they have been mistaught that. So colorblindness is, is in itself. So I'm kind of getting in the tenets of where I feel like I'm an alien at times. And now in the midst of storms like this, I seem less crazy to people. I'm being serious. I felt kind of crazy since 2018 when there was a clear mantle saying, you're going to walk in this space. I hear people um, apologizing for their lack of action, right, in this area of all ranges, which I think there's a healthy conviction around that, but there should not be shame. Amen. Right? Shame is of the enemy. But I felt that two years ago. That's why I did miss you on race. God fundamentally said, tell them that everyone gets my love. Watch that. Everyone does. That wherever a person is in this journey, the same they can be transformed into death, into life, they can be transformed in their racism. They can be transformed in discrimination, transformed in their all those areas. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? We cannot take this area either and let the enemy paint someone and say they're baked in it for life because that's opposite to our gospel as well. Hold them accountable. Justice has to be seeked. But let me say something off the bat that'll make this podcast uncomfortable. I want that man with his knee on that male's head that took his life to have a moment and meet God and to rewire why he thought he could kneel on him like an animal of not equal value. Here's the basic question. Would you do that to your son? Would you do that to your brother? Would you have done that to your father? If not, you're wrong. It's that simple. One, this is actually a higher calling that Jesus gave us in John 17, in Genesis, in Revelation 7, all that. So you're hearing my passion, but it's because I believe the word of God. I believe his prayer and I believe in humanity. It's not an either or. It's not saying if you don't go crazy and kick down doors, you're not passionate enough. It's not saying if you are shell-shocked and don't exactly know what to say, you're, you're a bad person. It's, it's a spectrum. It's a long-term conversation where after the smoke, after the marches, after the cameras turn off, after the posts settle, who's in then? 
we're going to come out change, but what type of change is the hope? So after it all fades, who's in? That's the gap between the Black Lives Matter conversation. Black Lives Matter. Watch that. Start there. Amen. Let's let's start there. And, 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 and that does that mean no other lives matter? We know all the false narrative around that. That's not what it means. It means if your brothers, sisters hurting, whoever we you always, right? It's the same reason we circle up in church and saying, who's hurting? And we circle them and pray, don't we? Don't we? No one says, why are we just praying for them? Everybody in here is church. Y'all, this is uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm speaking truth. Am I not? So Black Lives Matter. And then from there, we have to get on the journey of oneness. Yeah, I was thinking, Rich Rell, that, you know, we're talking from this Christian perspective, right? We're not, we're not, we're not talking, you know, beyond that at this point. That, I mean, there's, there's kind of some different ways to talk about things. So when we talk about this, we have to understand that the, the biblical worldview, if you will, introduces us to a dark player that entered to seek to have people enter the chaos of power abuse and always feel like um, they can categorize people into separation. And then it, it just leads to more and more chaos, more and more deception, more and more confusion. And, and that's always kind of been alive in the broken world. So it's, it's just interesting to see that there's a, there's a player introduced into this, the powers of darkness, the devil, Satan, however you want to refer. It's dark, man. I mean, you're, you're right. It's ridiculous. I'm going to say this to you. Go ahead. Yeah. There's literally moments, if I can just bring you into a black male perspective, where I can feel the climate shift around me. Hmm. I'm not playing with you. No, My I believe you. Racist moments I can feel. This person almost be possessed. Like, what is going on? My mind almost goes like, what is going on? Look at the tape. Yeah. It's like, is this real? Everyone feels it. There's a surrealism of like, how does this even happen? So as people of God, thank you, Tim. It's the same, but, but different conversation. Yeah. But we don't get to hide behind that either. Right. So are That's we praying? Right. Are yeah. we doing the things as well? And, the, and I almost feel like you all are, 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 are lob, softballing me because I don't want to not focus on the climate at hand. But then at some point, like I said, the after effects is one we speak of, the separation and the lie of intrinsic difference flows ethnicity, socioeconomic, location, location, gender, uh, um, there in, in, my, in the movement mission and race, God led me to this document called the 12 degrees of 12 by 30 degrees of false separation. Mm -hmm. They're false separations. It's one human, you know what I'm saying? And, and these outside features of us, normally physically or things we've been born into, or even past choices. Who are we to throw a person out because they've made a choice that's what categorize them as felon or whatever. You get what I'm saying? Like if God says anything can be redeemed, then we don't get to put a lifelong tag and throw anybody out from any level. You feel me? So that is the greater conversation. Yeah. So by me doing that, I'm not being soft in saying that we don't have to deal with the, the, the racial reconciliation because then God help us if we can make some significant progress. What if we're in a moment of history? 
that we actually get this thing. You guys, there's a, there's a, there's a hope in me that's like, I feel like folks are slightly looking. I'm telling you, there's a hope of attention and we have to be available for folks that are saying, I haven't been on the journey. And I do feel conviction around it. I repent. We've got to be welcoming. And that's where I will say from the end of, a, of, a, of, a, of a oppressed people. Watch that. Because there's a calling for us in this too. We have to take it person by person to know who we're talking to. Everyone's not our enemy. Everyone's not our enemy. And, and the conversation is around racial reconciliation, but human reconciliation. So it's a both and. So let's lean in here. And do the long game there. But like Tim said, I love, make sure it's in the context. Because that's also where we get the hope from, right, Tim? Right. If I, I see like you want to say, like, that's also where the hope is. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. You can dehumanize anyone. And uh, we, we, we know that that's what's happening right now is, is, is that kind of movement. It was interesting for me because uh, you, you all know some of my journey that I've been hanging in this territory. Well, I was, I was born on the south side of Chicago uh, and grew up um, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, late 60s, early 70s, where our family left the city in the white flight movement, right? And then I was on pause for a long time until the last 22 years where it just entered. Um, and I love what you're saying, Richrell, when the kind of the dust clears of this part of the the challenge we're in, part of the crisis we're in, if you will, um, that's when we know the, the real work happens. And just before this, I was already mourning 70% of our deaths in Chicago, African-American deaths from coronavirus, right? So yeah. I'm already mourning that. So I enter into, through our brother Soon Chan Ra, lament, the prophetic oh. lament. Powerful. You know, yeah, powerful, right? So I'm sitting in lament, and then I was ready to just keep going with lament. And what what I find interesting about that idea for those who are going to listen to this and receive this, is those who are white, is there is a running ahead to either join the movement real quick, and then when all the dust settles, just kind of kind of go back, or to find really quick solutions so we can get done with this, and. First of all, what I learned 22 years ago is that this is a persevering, long obedience in the same direction. It's life's, It's just kind of life commitment. And, and I, that's where I am and my church are, is long-term life. As long as we exist, this is where we're going to be working. But um, I was just thinking that that book of Lamentations is so fascinating because what happened to the city of Jerusalem? It unraveled. It was destroyed by an outside force. People were taken away from this place, the centeredness of God. Some people kind of still hanging around. And the prophet Jeremiah comes in and he calls them to do something that they didn't want to do. They wanted to get rid of the captivity as soon as possible. They wanted to rebuild the city as soon as possible instead of just going into what, what we do when someone dies. We go into a, a mourning time. We go into a funeral time. and what you do at a, when you do funerals and memorials and, and mourning well is, is you lessen your words. You use them carefully because you're grieving, you're mourning, you're lamenting, and you want to be with. 
and you want to listen and you want to recognize the suffering and your contribution to the suffering, your own sin in the suffering. And so Jeremiah invites the people to go into that season of life, to recognize the suffering, to lament it, but also to personalize it both collectively, individually, and say, our sin has contributed to this place. And, but here's, here's the idea is people a lot of times think, oh, if you lament or uh, grieve and uh, mourn like that, it, it leads to no action. No, this was the idea that you listen to the sovereign God in your lament so that you receive his wisdom and all of the weakness of your suffering and sin to give wisdom to say, this is where we go from here. example of that is and you probably can confirm it through studies but in peaceful protests before king would go out and march you're shaking your head because you know what i'm talking about absolutely three moments of prayer a settling of spirit and here's the other part that's tough you all a preparation to suffer that's right listen to me yep over since i've been actively in these conversations in my personal life and in ministry and Lindsay could be one of the main people in this call that's seen it firsthand be transformed to where I've never once made a comment. So even I would have been a person, so I'm be clear about this, just because you are of some ethnic group or not, two things. It doesn't mean you are, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, removed from the responsibility to be a part of the moving forward, okay? I'm gonna say that and we leave it general like that. The next part is it doesn't have to change your morning either. I have had people say weird things right. to me. I know you got, y'all lost someone, Pauls. You see how that's sneaky? The human human race lost someone. The people of God lost, you get what I mean? We lost a human, we lost a person. So the more we can crash our hearts and ask us why, if there is a blockage in you to mourn with the fact that this man was unju unjustly and others unjustly died, remove the politics. So really what I want to do here is, and, and, and part of my lane I feel like in this, is let's be sure to return to the humanity of it. The uncomfortable moment is, and I lost my mother in 2007, actually she graduated and went to heaven. And when I think of George Floyd laying there, asking for his mama or talking to his mama. Lord, help me, help you, help anyone that that doesn't touch you on some level. Come on, please, God. Has a heart, have a heart been that calloused? He called for his mother. He said, I can't breathe. Please, I can't breathe. Hey, Rich Rod, you know what happened to me when I watched that? I, I, I was all by myself right in the room I am now and, and just sat. And I actually, it came as close to literally as possible watching Jesus 
enter his body and cry out simultaneously from the cross and from the ground. I can't breathe. Mama, I can't breathe. And at the same time, I saw Jesus kind of laying next to him with his face down and his arm around George. And if you, if you can't understand that that's who our God is and that's who we are created to be, then, then we've lost all foundation to work from. It's our work. So if you're asking yourself on this call, like how are we having this conversation? That's our work. If you see a child dying, as Shitwood talks about in Haitian saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. For anyone in our in our in our ministries associated with our runs, understand this is a synonymous synonymous conversation. This is homogenous. This is this is the same story we're saying. Don't let the distance, don't let the ethnicity, don't let the poverty, don't let the images and, and the lack of closeness harden your heart to where when children are dying, children are dying. When people are suffering, they're suffering. George is your brother, George is your son, George is your father, and he couldn't breathe. He didn't deserve that. It's not a litigious conversation in that place for us and the people of God. Let's not get sucked up in all of that. Let us not get caught up in politics and nuances and not ask God, Lord, break my heart for way, break yours. And I'm going to tell you right now, this breaks his heart. thinking Rich Rell, um, as folks are, might, might be listening to us on, in a very raw, organic uh, conversation here. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I was thinking particularly, I, I think one of my uh, responsibilities is, is to really speak to my white brothers and sisters uh, in some straightforward ways, but it's going to be folks that have all, you know, are all over the map on things, right? But but some of the things that we could maybe share with them to think about um, doing or being right now, you know? Um, and, you know, my, my first call has been to, as followers of Jesus Christ, to kind of sit with him, you know? Almost experience the moment we had a little bit ago where you feel the depths of the grieving of George Floyd and yeah. Jesus and him being in that scene. Uh, that that lament to listen, to open up, to to sit in the suffering, to sit in the pain of of all of humanity, let alone the immediate present situations and all that uh, racism brings. Um, and in the listening, then begin to 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 be honest with kind of where you're at, right? Uh, be, because you shouldn't shouldn't take big leaps and skip over. Uh, some things that you might have to do some work on, right? So, so like 22 years ago, when I really got serious about the journey of learning, first I, I placed myself under some really quality uh, leadership, African American leadership that taught me a lot. But then um, I, I had to, I had to read, I had to read history to be real about history. I had to understand 
where we've come from, where we've been, what, what, what kept going post-slavery, because there's a whole lot of story that involves a whole lot of people continuing the narrative of power one over the other, and to keep learning and reading and learning and reading and learning and reading. So, so that might be something that's really important for some people to do. And it's, and it, it's legitimate. You know? I would say this in the listening, and now I'm going to move to trying to be concise, Richard, because we are <laughs> uh, uh, because I think this is important. When in that listening, though, I think our Christian needs can Absolutely. hurt us at times. No, watch. Let, let me finish. So listen for the action. Yeah. Watch right. that. Compassion, compaction. There's going to be something if we quiet all the voices and the fears that could possibly come up that God is going to call us into. And that's going to be unique to each person, to your influence and your comfort, to what Tim's saying is right. You don't tomorrow launch a movement if you've never followed movement of reconciliation. That's a basic thing. I mean, I'm not going to tell you not to what God told you to, but like, like you get what I'm saying? Like there's a posture of like humility at first, like, Lord, what are you saying? Because what we're finding is a lot of sins of in this season that I'm seeing folks repent of, and most of which are non-minorities or non-black, and that's healthy. Shame mm-hmm. is not healthy. Right. Conviction around, Lord, I could have done more, That because that's a sin of omission. We don't like to talk about those a lot. Commission, we all watching. Don't you mess up. That's our Christian way. We all see the slip-ups, but there's a ton of things that all of us at times aren't doing in omission. So I want to speak to this. I'm going to give four steps that that is the kind of DNA of mission one race that you can do alone and or tag on to as you're following through this mission, tag that mission on. I have seen this happen and I don't like it. Do not be ashamed that the God that created us all created you white with privileges in this season and time. That's also a a scapegoat. I would challenge you to, on the opposite, say, God is intelligent. He's timely. He's specific. And I'm going to challenge you to say our ethnicities and genders are callings. Watch that. In a season that God knew would happen. So if there's authority or a voice or a platform that you have, whether you've earned it or not, the question isn't, or the posture isn't, I'm ashamed to be white with my privilege or with folk. No, no, no. Lord, what do you want me to do with this? It's a trust thing. It is what it is in a social climate. There's folks, right? It now becomes a calling. So Lord, you give me this. You've entrusted me in this social climate, right? Where I am a majority. And right now I have, have means, what am I to do with that? See how that shift happens? The next, the next thing becomes the steps. And this comes from the Holy Spirit. I have not spent the years in it, Tim. So I'm going to submit to that. That's a perfect example. If you can't see him on the picture, Tim is a, a well-seasoned white male. 61 I'm a big, years old, man. <laughs> I, I am a, a young-ish. I'm still trying to hold it that. Uh, copper brown skin black male very specific <laughs> there <laughs> and I'm saying to you he has probably hit these tenets more than I have number one understanding 
And that's what we're saying. That's what you seek to understand. Because even if there's blockages in your heart, that will lead us towards forgiveness. This is what the Holy Spirit tells me. You can call that education. You can call that whatever. Ignorance does help perpetuate the isms. It just does, right? There's misteaching. Yeah. Next step. Relate, a.k.a. relationships. When George and others out there, I had a moment when I was in downtown LA, you all, and it was actually beautiful. It was a peaceful protest. And it was like a rainbow call. It was a rain. And I was like, wait a second, God. I mean, and it was, I was just going there to do my thing and so forth. And I see all the folks coming up. I'm telling you as a black man, I, 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 I almost cried. I did tear up a bit. Cause I was like, we're not in this alone. Listen to me. So that's to our white brothers and sisters as well. That means something. We're not in this alone. When it's there, that, that covers our heart. That coats our heart. Mm -hmm. So listen to me, every little amount. So relationship, cause then we heal. That's step two. Next, connect to reconcile. Everyone wants to fast forward to reconciliation. And everyone wants to do it. I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of people want to do it from a distance. Tim can tell you this. Proximity. And there's books about it. You got to get close. Yep. <laughs> you you got to get close. Now, again, there's all other nonprofits to do it. And I don't think I'm against that I know of, unless I see tenants that are don't align. But I know that's what we're in the midst of developing in our one communities. where we're launching this network, house at churches, house at community centers, that if you're a person with absolute IQ of negative 10 cultural IQ, that's okay. No judgment. You're going to come to this community, learn, reconcile all that, and then God will breach the reconciliation. And then last but not least, loving action. And I think that aligns perfectly with this ministry we're talking about. Because we love when people cry as they see the water walk. We do. Love sounds weird, but like, because it's like, Lord. Because <laughs> at times we feel crazy. Everyone is called like, you're not seeing it. This is not right. But what we love more, what, what do we love more, LDR, I'm bringing to, is when they say, when they look at their calendar. Or they look at their schedule. You understand what I'm saying? Or when they register. Or when they sponsor a child. Because we know their, their transformation has started. We have to touch it. Mm -hmm. And it looks yeah. different. We have to touch whether it's giving. And again, if you don't know where to start, I I'm going to shamelessly do missiononerace.org. Shamelessly. Why would I not? Mission, the number one, R-A-C-E dot O-R-G. That's in alignment with this ministry that we're talking about here. That's working on plans with pastors and stuff with, with our leaders and that are doing it. It is crazy how that has been a benefit. I've seen already, Tim, and I hope we stay there. And I would probably, I'm totally with you on that because what developed in our life was we didn't start with that last one, take action before relationship. Um, we, You're amen, and thank you for that. Yeah, we we actually entered into relationship, relationship that took three to four years to to actually find a trust foundation first, because uh, the the African American church we were with they had been so used to white people just turning back when it got hard, you know, and so um, it, three years turned into five years turned into eight years to 10. Now we, we just celebrated 22 years of relationship mm -hmm. that then taught us how to take action 
from there. How many years so. do we spend building trust in our communities? I love tying it in. Y'all, we're talking the same language. Yeah. When we go into these areas of extreme poverty, we don't go and let me tell you what y'all need. Right. Sometimes the only way to say it is to use a little vernacular for y'all. Let me tell you what y'all need. That's not a thing. Yeah. And that's what we're saying that's happening sometimes in this conversation. It's like, this is what we have to give. Be happy, minorities. At least we're doing something. That's a, right. that's the tone that we normally get, you all. Right. It's better than before. Be happy with it. You know I'm telling the truth. You're not slaves anymore, so, you know. And I don't, I, I don't want to go there because we're ending on a like action positive note. But, but that's a maybe a landmine that you want to possibly escape. Yeah. Let's leave the comparisons to the folks that are they'll be oppressed by the systemic and, and the social issues. Yeah. That that's the one I would say. Let's 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 tap out of that. It's like a man talking about. Let, let me tell you about childbirth. Slow down, man. <laughs> we're good. I think we got. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the other great part about talking to to runners, if you will, is is really to say. I I believe this this is again this is a persevering lengthy work. You don't overturn well for over four hundred years because I always consider colonialism a part yeah. of this whole thing. You don't overturn that in you know one tiny piece. Um, so this is a so to our runners, you know, you know what it takes to train for a marathon. It's good to right? Uh, this is a persevering, it's a day in, day out, do it when you don't want to, do it when you're having fun, do it when you have joy, do it when you're, you're crying and mourning, just keep doing it, doing it, doing it over the long haul. And you just keep doing it. And, and that's, that's what we have to understand. You don't, you don't just say, well, I'm kind of tired of it, you know, but let's, and then kind of go back, you know, so this is, this is really a persevering long-term work. I want to prophetically pray that folks that say yes into this journey, that when those moments of opposition, they will come. Your own minds, your doubts, the same way he, because this, this is our witness. This is a, this is spiritual development. This is, you get what I'm saying? This is an area that God wants to root out of us. That then downstream as other folks are on the front line doing the policy changes and things like that. But this is what I believe. I don't want to just police and put guardrails around a group of people that says, oh, they're just going to be racist. They're just going to be biased. They're going to do it. Uh -uh. I also want to transform with the power of the Holy Spirit, each of those hearts that have hate harboring in it. And the I policies have, are, are human developed, right? They're heart developed. That's my point. So, if yeah. the, you change the heart, you change the policy maker. So we need both and. With you. By being part of this ministry that represents no boundaries, no country lines, no certain types of runners, you are in the fight. We want to do more of God's calling you to do more, but you are. World Business Ministry in itself is countercultural in a healthy way, breaking down any of those sometimes denominational other borders that we have. So, um, and and lines of ethnicity as well. You just spoke about the difference between diversity training and kingdom training, right there. Woo, Tim! <laughs> I might take that one. 
<laughs> DIO, as I call it, diversity, inclusion, and oneness. That's trademark mission with race, uh, AKA Kingdom Traded. Kingdom Traded. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Thanks for running with us this week, team. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast, and we'll see you next week.